Impact 211 is the central access point for people looking for social services, including emergency housing, food pantries, and mental health resources. By texting your zip code to 898-211, Impact will connect you to resources that you're looking for in your area. During the week of January 15th, temperatures stayed consistently below zero after a weekend of heavy snow. 211's call data showed a spike in people seeking emergency shelters or help regarding power outages, broken furnaces, and emergency food share. While a spike in demand isn't surprising during periods of extreme cold, it can put stress on these systems at times when they're needed most. To learn more about how Impact organizes emergency warming shelters, Lake Effect Sam Wood spoke with Impact 211's Director of Systems Change, Emily Kenny. So this was a few weeks ago, but some of us may remember the week of January 15th as a particularly cold week in Wisconsin. Temperatures were hovering around zero degrees for for multiple days in a row, wind chill below zero, far below zero for, for a lot of that. But internally at 211, how did this week of January 15th differ for you all than, you know, a normal week? So at Impact, we are a private nonprofit group that really looks at how we can assess and then coordinate care through a resource referral for people in southeastern Wisconsin to get people with critical conditions and critical needs to critical resources. And so a lot of our day-to-day work, both within the 211 program, which is a resource database and also a 24-7 call, chat, or text um, kind of social service resource line. We also oversee the coordinated entry system in Milwaukee County, and that is a um, the system by which people get into and through homeless services in Milwaukee County. Um, and so our, a lot of our day-to-day work at IMPACT, uh, particularly in those two programs, is making sure that we know what the resources are, that we have good relationships with agencies to be able to refer people to, um, and that we're prepared to take calls and work with people in need. But that goes into hyperdrive and did go into hyperdrive the week of January 15th and, and that weekend just prior because it was so cold. And at the same time, we had power outages throughout um, Milwaukee and Waukesha counties. We were working long hours, as you can imagine, and being in kind of more constant communication with government and private and resource agencies, like nonprofit resource agencies throughout the community. Is it fair to summarize for for the perspective of someone who's not working within 211 that 211 exists so that you can um, so if you're if you're looking for a warming shelter or you're looking for you know a food pantry um, or you're looking for basic needs that 211 exists as one place that you can go as a single door to enter a bunch of different services that the county or local governments offer. Is that a fair way of characterizing kind of what 211 is? Yes. So our goal is to have a comprehensive, up-to-date resource database throughout uh, of all the community um, health, family, and social services, and then operators either through telephone, chat, or text that can help people to access those resources. There's also now a website that people can access on their own. Um, But yes, that is our goal is to make sure we're connecting people in need of family, health, or social services to the resources that exist in the community. Walk me through how all this coordination works, particularly in a week like January 15th, where it was, you know, very, very cold and you're expecting more 
people to be requesting particularly warming shelter services. Is it as simple as just, you know, getting on a group call the week before <laughs> bad weather is due to hit and hashing out who's taking care of what? Or is it a little bit more complicated than that behind the scenes? I would say it's a, it's a little bit more complicated than that. But in the moment of a crisis, it is a group call. Of course, to be able to be on the group call, we need to have some background with each other to be effective in those crisis moments. And so I'll talk about the role of coordinated entry first, perhaps, and then kind of how 211 plays in and then what happened that week in the weather crisis. So coordinated entry throughout the year is working with agencies that um, are trying to serve people experiencing homelessness. And we do that by figuring out kind of what is the need within the community and then supporting our um, local Milwaukee Coalition on Housing and Homelessness um, in figuring out kind of how we get those services to meet people's needs. Because coordinated entry is the kind of starting point for that, we have a lot of good information about who's seeking services, where they're seeking services from, what the composition of family sizes and that kind of thing. And we use that every year when we're going into the winter to say, here's where we're meeting the emergency housing need within our community and here's where we're falling short. And during the winter, we need to expand our emergency housing capacity in order to make sure that people are have someplace safe indoors to be. And so every year we um, work collaboratively to create um, warming rooms, and that is local nonprofits that open their doors um, at nighttime. We add staffing capacity so that people can come in during the winter. 211 then, their role is to make sure that they understand what the resources are and that that resource database is up to date really as much as we can by the day to the minute. And then we have regular communication from the National Weather Service, from our kind of county Office of Emergency Management. The City of Milwaukee Health Department has different task forces around different potential emergencies to prepare so that we are meeting regularly when there isn't a crisis and then we know who needs to be in that phone call when there is a crisis. And so when the National Weather Service was saying, hey, this is going to be really cold, we did all hop onto a call together and we determined that we needed additional space because we were concerned that there might be people that would be in need beyond the capacity of what we'd already planned for warming. And a big part of that was actually that power outages were happening. So we energies came onto those calls. Um, the health department and fire department was was on those calls. County Office of Emergency Management, um, the Red Cross. I'm I'm probably forgetting forgetting folks. Certainly, Impact was on those calls. So we were all able to update each other on what we were doing, what we were seeing as the need, and then figuring out how we could meet that need. So in this particular case the county office of emergency management in partnership with the red cross stand up an additional um, site at north division high school um, for people who had lost power or people that were unhoused and needed a safe warm space to be in addition to the warming and the general emergency shelters that that's usually available 
What you're describing where all of these government entities, nonprofit entities, private entities coming together and ensuring that people's basic needs are met in times of a crisis, there's, what you're describing sounds like you know, the social safety net. And so it, it sounds like you know, cold snaps like this are a real test for that social safety net, at least you know, mm-hmm. from, from your perspective. But is it fair to say that the cold snap was a test for Milwaukee or southeastern Wisconsin's social safety net? And if so, how did we do? <laughs> well, I think so. I do think that it is a test. I think one of the things I was most impressed with in Milwaukee, I wasn't as involved in um, kind of the Waukesha response or beyond Milwaukee County, but I was impressed with how much we did come together and how regularly um, people that could make decisions about what was needed were at the table and were trying to get resources to people. But I do think that one of the things that was highlighted and is highlighted every winter is that we don't have sufficient response for people. And even in this cold snap, kind of making sure that we had enough resource for as long as we needed to, it felt like a a very emergency response. And then um, needing to figure out how do we sustain that and make sure that people after that that shelter closed, that they had safe places to go, really to me showed that we have we have some work to do in making sure that people have regular, safe, and warm places to be. People generally think about, gosh, we just then we need more shelter, and and I don't want that to be the message that comes across. We really need more availability of of housing and support to pay for for housing. Most of the people that came to that additional site at North Division were unhoused as opposed to just, you know, needing a little bit of time because their power was out. And so we have some work to do in terms of making sure that everybody has a safe and stable place to live. I think that we're getting better at that. But to me, housing has to be one of those first things that we're we're able to sufficiently catch you and support you in a place that is stable and hopefully likely to be permanent so that we can work on the other aspects of what that person needs so much easier when people are in housing. Are there any lessons that you're taking from this experience for the next cold snap? Because, you know, this, after all, this is Wisconsin, right? So this, whether it's this winter or next winter, we're going to see this kind of weather again. Are there any lessons that you're taking from this experience for that, for that next time? So I think one of the things that we know from this and also the cold snap that happened last year one of the the big takeaways is that we do need to make sure that we have low barrier accessible warming space during times of crisis. And one of the things that we were able to learn through the pandemic, actually, and it would be um, great if we could figure out how to fully implement this, is that it's good to have that emergency response for anybody to be able to walk in. But what really resolves people's housing issues surprise, surprise, is housing. And so um, during the pandemic, we had additional funding that we would be able to pair people who walked into a warming site with a housing voucher, even a short-term one, to help people restabilize. And that's something that as a community, we're working toward how how we can get more regular dollars to help people get rehoused. We need the emergency response for sure, and having it be as low barrier and as accessible as possible is key to making sure we save lives, but we've got to make sure that we've got housing on the on the other end of it. 
And Emily, my last question for you is if there's anything you would like uh, listeners to know about um, how to access two one one services, um, either for themselves or someone they know, either in an emergency situation or just in general, if there's anything you'd like people to know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think so. My main message for connecting with 211 is don't hesitate to reach out and don't hesitate to reach out early. I think one of the things, particularly with housing issues, is that people, you know, want to be able to resolve it and call kind of at, at the moment of crisis. 211 is available 24 7 and can advise you at any point in kind of needing a health, family, or social service what might be available within the community. So don't hesitate to reach out early to get that resource curation resources um, early on. Well, Emily, thank you uh, for your time and for joining me on Lake Effect. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Emily Kenny is the Director of Systems Change at Impact 211, and she spoke with Lake Effect Sam Woods. If you or someone you know is looking for social services in your area, text your zip code to 898-211 to get connected with what you need. 